Greetings in Christ's name. It's a blessing to have each of you here and as we share together around the Word of God that He would give us direction, wisdom, and a blessing as we uh, see what God would have for us today. Someone has said life is a one-way street. We should live in the consciousness that you shall not pass this way again. I think that's something to think about. We have a birth date and we have a date of death. And it's what's in between that's important. We have one life to live. We can't go back and change it. There was once a tombstone that read like this, remember friend, when you're passing by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Prepare for death and follow me. So we have to prepare for that. Sometime later, someone came by and was reading this tombstone, and after they read it, I guess they felt like it left somewhat of a question, and so they took something and wrote on it and put it beside that tombstone, and it read like this, to follow you, I am not content until I know which way you went. somewhat humorous and yet very serious. Uh, which way are we going as we go in this life and is my life easy to follow? So this morning, what kind of spirit do we have? Follow is a spirit that's following God. And we want to touch a little bit on that as we look at this message. The title of the message is The Spirit of Caleb and Joshua. I invite you to turn to Numbers chapter 14. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 14. I'd like to read verse 24 as a key verse today. Numbers 14, 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. And here it's talking about Caleb, but as we go through this, uh, we'll see other verses that have Caleb and Joshua right together. They were they had similar spirits and uh, so we're talking about both of them today some of the verses cater more to Caleb but also talks of Joshua and Caleb as being very similar in their attitudes and in, in life and so it's it says here that Caleb had another spirit or that you could say a proper spirit or a next spirit he had a different spirit from the others uh, 
that were around them, and in this case, the other spies that had went to check out the land of Canaan. It also says he followed God fully. And so that's the challenge we want to look at today is what kind of spirit do I have and am I fully following God? So the setting here is the children of Israel are going from Egypt. They're coming to the promised land. And so if we turn back to chapter 13, the first three verses there give us a setting. <clears throat> They're at the land of Canaan that God had promised them. And as they come to that place, verse 1 in chapter 13 of Numbers says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All these men were heads of the children of Israel. So we have here the setting. He tells the people, tells uh, he tells them to send out these men to spy out the land of Canaan. It says, which I give to the children of Israel. And that part is a key part of this story, this Bible story that we're looking at today. God said, the Lord said, search out the land which I give unto the children of Israel. This was a promise. It's a key to, to this story. And that is, God said that he would give them the land. God's word is God's word. Do we believe what he says? Do we accept it by faith and move on? Well, verses 4 through 16 give the names of the, of the men that went to spy out the land. I believe it's a man from each tribe. Of course, Caleb and Joshua were part of this group. And I'll read now verses 17 to 20. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it is good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Verse 21, so they went up and they searched the land, it says, and we go on down to verse 26. They bring back a report to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation, it says. Verse 27, it says, and they told him and said, we came into the land whether thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. So they said it's a good land. It uh, flows with milk and honey. And they brought back this uh, cluster of grapes that took two men to carry. You know the story. But 28, 
says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. So he said, it's a good land, but um, there are these people that dwell there, and he says they're the children of Anak. Now who are the children of Anak? If you drop down to verse 33, and we, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which were, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So you see now they're saying, you know, we saw these giants, some big men there, and and they begin to express some doubt. Uh, is there? any way that we can take this land. And also, if you back up to verse 22, this is when they were there searching. Uh, verse 21 says they went and searched. Verse 22, and they ascended by the south and came into Hebron, where Ahaman, Shishiah, and Telmah, the children of Anak, were. Okay, here it lists the names of these children of Anak, and you might want to remember them names because we'll, look, we'll see them later. But it actually names these three that were children of Anak, and of course in verse 33 it says that they were giants, and so it calls fear. But now, verse 30, after they had gave that report, it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Here we have Caleb with positive thinking. We can do it. We can take this land. And it says he stilled the people or he quieted the people. Evidently after this evil report, the people began to <clears throat> murmur and complain, we'll see in a verse or two here. In verse 31, it says, But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against this people. So here we have two opposite opinions. One says we're able to go up, and the other one says we're not able. Usually when you have two opposing opinions, one is wrong. So they have listed here, uh, they listed at least three reasons that we're not able to go up. Verse 28, it says that uh, we saw, nevertheless, the people be strong. A second reason is in verse 31, it says, the people for they are stronger than we. In verse 32, at the end, all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. So there's three reasons why these 10 thought they could not go take the land. Number one was the people. Number two was the people. And number three was the people. These 10 men saw the people and often in our lives, when we face difficulties, a lot of times, regardless of what it is, it's the people 
that we fear or maybe give us trouble. But Caleb and Joshua saw God. He had said, I will give you this land. And so as I think of this story and read it, it just seems like Joshua and Caleb took God at his word. I will give you this land. We are able. Let's go possess the land. The other ten said, we can't do it. The people are too great. They're too big. We'll never make it. And so as we look at this this morning, I want to look at four signs of another spirit. It said there in verse 24 or 14 that Caleb had another spirit. And so four signs that we have in this passage of another spirit. The first sign is that Caleb had a positive attitude. He said, we are able. And again, we mentioned when God says something, what else do we need? If he says we can do something, we can do it. There's a verse in Isaiah 30 that says, uh, you shall hear a word in your ear. I believe it says, this is the way, walk ye in it. And I think this could have been true here. Uh, Joshua and Caleb heard, they heard what the Lord said. He said, I give it to you. Here's the way. Let's walk in it. Let's possess the land. Too often we see circumstances or we see people and we begin to maybe get discouraged and have the I can't attitude. It's a lot of, a lot of things in this lesson that I think we can apply in our lives today in, in different areas and I'm not going to name a lot of things but you can apply it to your own life. Uh, what, in, what in my life and in your life uh, causes us problems? Is it circumstances? Is it people? Whatever it is, and sometimes we get the attitude, we can't do it. I can't do it. And as we look at this passage, this attitude of these ten began to spread. If you look in chapter 14, verse 1, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. So it says, All the congregation cried and wept. They murmured. Uh, verse 4, a number of verses bring this out, but they actually wanted to get a leader and go back to Egypt. They're right on the, on the brink of going into Canaan, which God had said, I'll give to you. And here these people are so discouraged from what these ten men have said that they're ready to turn around and go back to Egypt. It's interesting that of the 12 spies, 10 doubted and think about the thousands and maybe millions of people that began to doubt and complain and it caused them to stay out of the land of Canaan. Okay, we see then, then in uh, 
Well, it actually, verse 9, and we'll read these in a little bit, but it calls it rebellion. It says, only rebel not ye against the Lord. So I think it's a red flag for us today as we live amongst our uh, people and in our churches uh, as things are decided and God calls us to things, are we like Caleb and Joshua willing to take the Lord's word and go for it or do we murmur and complain and that begins to spread? But we see now the response of Caleb and Joshua in uh, verses 6 and 7, 8 and 9 of Numbers 14. This is what they said. And, and Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephuniah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. Here we have um, a second sign of another spirit and that is that they had a positive faith they said we can and will do what god says we can do it and they also said the lord is with us we believe that god is with us and we can march forward and take the land they had a positive faith it's a faith that we need amongst our people today. Now we have in verses 11 through 20, again, you know the story, but the Lord was displeased with all these people that complained and murmured, and he actually wanted to destroy them. Uh, I didn't check into this. It seems like there's a couple times when the Lord... <coughs> felt this way because of people's disobedience he wanted to destroy them and start over and so that's what happened here God was displeased he wanted to destroy him but Moses interceded for the people and now we have the result of the wrong spirit in verse 22 and 23 because all these men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I spake unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. You know the story. Those that complained were not able to go into the land of, of Canaan. And then we have verse 24, which I read, and this is a third sign of another spirit, and that is Caleb had a positive response. He followed God fully. God said, you can take the land, I give it to you, and it says that he fully followed the Lord. 
We need that spirit among us of fully following the Lord in all areas of life. Now I confess this morning I have not always followed the Lord fully. You can answer that question in your own life. Uh, we're human, we make mistakes, we fail, but the challenge is to follow God fully. Again, verse 30, a result of, uh, well, we saw the result of, of the wrong spirit. Now we see the, the result of the faithfulness of Joshua and Caleb. Verse 30, nevertheless, ye shall not come into the land, talking about those other people, concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephuniah, and Joshua, the son of Nun. So Caleb and Joshua were able <coughs> to live and go into the land of Canaan because of their following God fully. We must believe and follow God if we expect to reach heaven. You also know, <coughs> it says here in verse 29, I believe, that those 20 years and older would die in the wilderness. Uh, and then it talks about verse 31, that their children, which they had said earlier, you know, if we go in there, our children will be ate up by these giants. So the punishment is that those 20 years and older would not be able to go to Canaan, but their children would be able to go. The ones they said would be ate up and killed killed and ate up, however you say it, uh, they, they get to go. But you that said that will not go. And so this estimation that in the next 40 years, over 600,000 people died in the wilderness because of disbelief. And then we also have what happened to the 10 spies, verse 36 and 37. And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. I'm not sure what that was, but it seems like possibly that these 10 men met instant death, a punishment because they were leading out in this murmuring and complaining. Verse 38, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephuniah, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. These two men that had another spirit were still living. What spirit do we want to live in today? Do we want to have the spirit of following God completely? Or are we a part of those who murmur and complain? Does my life, my words, cause others to likewise murmur and complain? What kind of spirit do I have? It's interesting then what happens next. 
Verse 39, Moses uh, told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. So Moses recited all this that happened, the punishments, I guess, and what's going to take place, and the people are disturbed. And verse 40, And they rose up early in the morning, and get them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and will go up into the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. Now the, the people that complained and murmured and said, We cannot do it. We can't take the land of Canaan, they said when God had promised that he would help them, the same people are now saying, Lo, we be here, and we'll go up into the place which the Lord promised. Without his help. It's interesting that they, it says that they uh, said we've sinned. It seemed like they made it admission that we, we made a mistake, we messed up, but uh, evidently they weren't repentant. They just acknowledge we made a mistake. But now they say, let's go. We're right here. We're right close to Canaan. Let's go. Let's take the land. Before, with God's help, they couldn't do it. Now they're saying we can do it on our own strength. It's amazing the freedom that people get sometimes after they've sinned and after they have rebelled, they're going their own way. You've probably noticed it, but sometimes when a person is in sin or uh, in rebellion, there comes a time when it seems like all of a sudden they're free and they can just do whatever they want and it doesn't really bother them. It says that, uh, well, talking about their own strength, verse 42. Moses said, go not up for the people, for the, for the Lord is not among you. And then in verse 44. And they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. That word presumed means that they lifted up. They were lifted up. They were doing their own thing now, but it says that God, Moses said, God is not with you. And the ark, which was a symbol of God's presence, did not go with it, did not take the ark with them. So God was not there with them. So here we have a people that are on their own strength now going to take the land of Canaan. It reminds me of our Sunday school lesson we had today. A very similar thing. The people said, we're going to do this thing. And we're going to build this tower. Uh, they, were, they were working in their own strength. And again, it did not work. Verse 45, the people are defeated. They, they, they were smoked 
by the Amalekites and the Canaanites, they lost the battle. And that's often what's ha what happens when we try of our own strength to do things without the aid of the Lord, we fall on our face. As we follow the story of Caleb then, it's interesting uh, to follow his life, a man that had another spirit, a different spirit, a proper spirit. Sometimes you like to hear the rest of the story. Well, how did this all turn out? So if you turn over now to Joshua chapter 14, we have now the children of Israel are in Canaan. Joshua is the leader. And now in this setting, they're giving out the inheritance to the tribes. They're in the land of Canaan, and they're giving out the inheritance. We've jumped forward now quite a few years. And so now I'd like to read verses 6 through 14 of Joshua chapter 14. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy, my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's now 85. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the and Anakins were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord be with me, be, will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb and the son of, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite unto this day because he hath wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. God is faithful. He had promised back in Numbers 14, there we read it, that because he wholly followed the Lord, he had another spirit that God would give him that very land that he walked on when he spied the land as his inheritance. And so 
Here, Caleb is saying, I follow the Lord. This place, Hebron, was promised to me. I'm ready to take it. And so the very land that the others said we can't take, God gave to Caleb for his inheritance. Verse 13, uh, Hebron, I believe it's called. And so he said, uh, I've been faithful. Now give me the mountain that was promised to me. As a song was written, interesting uh, song that kind of goes along with his story by Frank Garlock in Greenville, South Carolina. He wrote a song about Caleb and this mountain and uh, two of the verses go like this. The challenge now is here. What causes there to fear? I will follow to the place where God has called. And though the task ahead is great, there is no, there is no need to wait. God's command is conquer cities fenced and walled. This mountain I shall own, but not for me alone. For my children I shall claim this promised land. Because the word of God is sure, the future is secure, all the power we need is in God's mighty hand. Give me this mountain, give me this mountain. To the land where giants grow, that's the place I want to go. Give me this mountain, this very mountain, I shall conquer in the power of the Lord. So now we have Caleb received his inheritance. He's in his older years, he's 85. And so now what did Caleb do? Did he retire? Did he get in his lazy boy and put his feet up? The fourth sign of another spirit is a positive finish. He continued to serve God in his old age. So what did he do after he received his inheritance? Chapter 15, verses 13 and 14. 13 is just saying again what Caleb got. It says, And unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh he gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron. In other words, Caleb had received for inheritance Hebron, the city where Anak, the father of the giants, lived. That was his inheritance. Okay, the next verse, verse 14. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Shishiah and Ahiman and Talmia, the children of Anak. So what did he do after he received his inheritance? He drove out those three men. We read their names back. They saw these men when they spied the land, the children of Anak. And so now, all these years later, Caleb is 85 years old. He, he, for his inheritance, got the very city where these people lived, and he drove those three men out. 
when he was 85 years old. You remember the 10 spies said, we can't take the land because those men look at us like we're grasshoppers. So this morning, do we have giants in our life? Whatever it may be, are we trusting God with his help, his direction, that we can drive them out? Caleb drove them out at 85 years old. All the others had died years before. This is 40 years later after they've spied the land. And in his older years, he drives out the very three giants that they saw that caused fear. It's a blessing to see older people on the mission fields, active in church work, uh, being an example to younger ones, it's a real blessing. Caleb finished well. He said, with God's help, we can do it. Others said, we can't. Caleb did it with the help of God. Which spirit do you and I live by today? Well, the story doesn't stop there. Uh, and I just picked this up as I was studying this again. Interesting note is if you turn over to chapter 21 of Joshua. First three verses there. Then came near the heads of the fathers of the Levites unto Eleazar the priest and unto Joshua the son of Nun and unto the heads of the fathers of the tribe of the children of Israel. And they spake unto them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded by the hand of Moses to give us cities to dwell in with the suburbs thereof for our cattle. The setting here is the Levites. And you know who the Levites were. They were the ones that were uh, assigned certain uh, responsibilities amongst the children of Israel. I believe they're the ones that removed and moved and set up the tabernacle they were special called out of the tribes to do the work of the Lord and they called them the Levites because they were of the tribe of Levi so here now the Levites didn't receive a inheritance as such like the tribes did because they were a group amongst the tribes that were working in the Lord's work special special work and so now the Levites come and they say, okay, would, can we now have some inheritance here? And so if you read through the story, what happened is each tribe, I believe, gave land to the Levites. Now go to verse 11. And they gave them to the Levites the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, with the suburbs there round about it. But the fields of the city and the villages thereof gave they to Caleb, the son of Jephunia, for his possession. 
Now, I'm not, I don't think I'm reading into this, but you can read the story. But it almost seems like in Caleb's later years, last years, that he actually gave up his inheritance, the city of Hebron, to the Levites, and he moved down into the, what does it say? The villages, the fields of the city and the villages thereof gave they to Caleb. It seems like in his older years, he actually gave up his town, his city, whatever you want to call it, to the work of the Lord to help the Levites, and he moved out in the outlying areas. Again, he finished well. He had a positive finish. He was willing to, in his later years, make changes for the work of God and to help to promote the work of the Lord. Caleb and Joshua did not have the same spirit as the others. They had a different spirit. They had another spirit. The others saw giants. Caleb saw God. There's actually some churches that have uh, a club amongst them called Caleb's Kin. Um, I don't know much about it, but it's, it's a club in the church that, or group that gets together and they concentrate on faith in God and taking care of giants in your life, a, a faith, a strong faith in God. This is what this group does. Interesting to, they would call it that, uh, Caleb's kin. It's a good, a good thought. So this morning, do we understand the difference? When we see things and people, it's hard. But when we see God who is bigger than any problem, any people, we can make it. Someone has said, when we see people, trouble grows, G-R-O-W-S. When we see God, trouble goes, G-O-E-S. I think it's very true. When we keep our focus on problems and people and situations, uh, we have trouble, but when we raise our eyes above that and see God and what he can do, our troubles seem to fly away. Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. As I read that verse, it seems like that could kind of be uh, Caleb's New Testament testimony. I can do all things. He said we're able. But it was because of God strengthening him. Uh, that should be our testimony. We can do what God wants us to do as we follow him. So what is God asking of you and me in our lives? In our families, in our homes, in our church, in our school? Our decisions, our commitments, our choices the changes in life, maybe confessions. Caleb and Joshua said, with God's help, we can do it. And so the third verse of that song is, take courage and be strong. We'll sing the victor song for the blessings God has promised we may claim. So let us hasten to obey. Our Savior leads the way 
He will help us win the battle for his name. Give me this mountain, give me this mountain to the land where giants grow. That's the place I want to go. Give me this mountain, this very mountain. I shall conquer in the name of the Lord. So let's take courage and be strong. Whatever mountains you face, I face, we can have the victory. We can drive the giants of doubt away. This song picks up on the thought of positive thinking. And I just want to mention that a little bit. You know, positive thinking is okay if we're partnering with God. There's a, there's a worldly positive thinking, new age movement that, that is not partnering with, partnering with God. Uh, and we need to stay away from that. But positive thinking, if we're with working with God, is good. Caleb exemplified that. He said, we're able. God said we can do it, so let's get going. The world system teaches positive thinking, but they leave God out. And so prayer and faith in God helps us think positively. Uh, if we have God on our side and he has said something, then we can move forward. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The ten spies had fear. Caleb and Joshua had power. They had another spirit. Philippians 4.8 tells us things to think about, things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report. These are positive things. Positive thinking alone exalts ourself. You know, if we just think, I can do it, and we move in that direction, just us, it's, it exalts us, you know. But if we have positive thinking with prayer and faith in God, then that exalts God. It gives us the right to carry out his plans regardless of how we think. If we're partnering, partnering with him, then we can have positive thinking, but it hinges on what God says. And so as I think of faith and prayer in relation to positive thinking, uh, E.M. Bounds said this about prayer. Prayer honors God, acknowledges his being, exalts his power, adores his providence, and secures his aid. To me, that sounds like the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. We honor God, we acknowledge him, we exalt his power, we adore his providence, and then we secure his aid that he gives. So this morning, do we have another spirit? Caleb and Joshua had a positive attitude, a positive faith, a positive response. And they had a positive finish in life. Their spirit stilled the people. Does my spirit and your spirit 
steal the people or stir the people. This positive attitude and faith and response and finish in life is the kind of people we need in our churches today. Paul said in Galatians, don't be weary in well-doing, we shall reap if we faint not. Let's keep on keeping on serving the Lord and fully following him. We will receive our reward someday. Now another little footnote, rabbit trail in relation to Caleb also is that it's a strong possibility that Caleb was not a part of the children of Israel originally. You can research this, but Caleb's father was Jephunia, a Kenizzite. If you study that, the Kenizzites were of the Edomites. And so Caleb could have been a part of a group that came out of a worldly group and joined the children of Israel. That's an interesting thought. Still today, those from other backgrounds many times challenge us to a stronger faith in God. May we all possess that true spirit of following God fully. I'd like to close with just a real short song that someone wrote that kind of gives the challenge of this story that we've looked at today. It says, come and go, my friend, to Canaan's land. Come and go, my friend, with me. Someday we'll join that celestial band just beyond the crystal sea. Obey the spirit of the Lord, obey the spirit of the Lord. Over valleys deep and mountains high, I'll go where the spirit leads. I'll go where the spirit leads. So as we've looked at this today, may it be said of us, of you and me, they have another spirit and they have fully followed the Lord. Let's have a song.